Welcome to the Vegas Gang podcast for April 18th, 2013. The Vegas Gang is a roundtable discussion show for issues related to Las Vegas, Macau, and the rest of the world. Let me go around the virtual table and introduce the guys. We have Chuck Monster, the editor-in-chief at VegasTripping.com. What's happening, Chuck? It's a beautiful day to be here. It is indeed. Uh, Dr. Dave Schwartz, the director of UNLV's Center for Gaming Research. Hey, Dave. Hey. And my name is Hunter Hilligus, and I'm at RateVegas.com. We got announcements off the top, uh, and then we're going to do some topics. I got actually a few announcements that I wanted to go through here, including uh, some important information about uh, the Vegas Internet Mafia family picnic. Um, But first off, I wanted to just stick a little note in here. Uh, we don't really talk about current events or politics much outside of uh, outside of as they relate to casinos. But we're recording this on the 18th of April, and this has been kind of a shitty week for um, the the people of the world, especially uh, here in the United States. Um, after what happened on Monday in Boston, and then, then since then, it seems like uh, things haven't been getting any better. So um, you know, hopefully, uh, this show will brighten your day a little bit as we roll forward. Um, and hopefully have a good time. So for the, anybody that was in any way impacted by any of that stuff, we uh, it, our hearts definitely go out to you. Um, yeah. So let's see. To sort of lighten it up a little bit, a couple of quick announcements, and then we'll talk about VIMP. Um, the first off, uh, just a random little note wanted to stick in there. Um, for those of you and the world that um, have an iPhone or an iPad or soon an Android phone, there's a a nice app called Flipboard. It's like a reading uh, news type app that brings in content from all over. And their latest update added a feature where you could share um, what they call magazines with other people. And I've been putting together a, a Las Vegas related one. So for those of you out there that might have the app, if you wanted to subscribe to that in the app, you can. It's free. Um, it's called uh, Viva Vegas. Yes, very original thinking name there. Um, so if you do have Flipboard and you use it and you want to subscribe to that, you can look for it in the app itself. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's it's very, very well done. It's very pretty. Did a good job. I like it. Uh, the Flipboard in general is just a really nice app. So if you do have an, an iPhone or an iPad, uh, I recommend it. It's on Android as well, though my understanding is that the update that includes this feature is not yet out on Android. So I think it'll be there soon. Uh, that's my understanding, at least. Um, let's see. Um, I've actually been working on a new app that's related to Las Vegas. I'm not really ready to talk about it, but uh, when oh, come I come on, you when just I started am, talking about it. Uh, I will say this: what is what I will say is that I, I'm pretty excited about it. I'm actually going to be testing it um, on, live on the ground in a couple of weeks when I go and uh, watch Charles uh, talk about blogging in his. Uh, Live appearance at the RDE conference experience extravaganza. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be talking about it a lot more once it's a little bit more baked. But um, you know, it's fun. It's been fun working on it, so I'm looking forward to getting it out there. Um, and then lastly, before we get into the Vimp stuff, uh, just a reminder Dave, about Dave's book. Dave, I know you've been uh, pimping your wares. I hear your ads on uh, 500 <laughs> and other and other places. But why don't why don't you give them a quick reminder where they can find your book, Roll the Bones, if they're looking for it? 
Yeah, this is the brand new Casino Edition, up to date through December 2012 with all kinds of cool stuff. Lots more stuff about the mob, lots more stuff about the Atlantic City. Probably not nearly enough stuff about the mob in Atlantic City, but that's <laughs> kind of besides the point. Um, tons of Macau, tons of internet stuff, so totally updated for the new year. And you can get it pretty much anywhere books are sold, especially Amazon, Kindle, Nook, Barnes & Noble, Kobo and the iBook store available, widely available. And it would be a fantastic thing to support an independent author and go out and buy this book. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Yeah, and you can also get um, an on-demand printed paper copy. And if you do that and you bring it along to MIMF, I'm sure Dave will sign it for you. I'll be happy to sign it. Yeah, so, you know, I, what I would suggest is to get two copies. You get the uh, electronic version so that it's convenient and easy to read, but you also get a paper copy to get signed. Um, yes. so that you can, you can stick that on your shelf and hand it down to your children and wow, something has gone wrong here. Um, uh, so yes, Dave, go make sure you go check out Dave's book and, um, yeah, roll the bones There you go. Mm -hmm. And might I say that the, his, uh, the, the blog there is quite entertaining. You get video updates from Dave on every chapter and all sorts of other ephemera. That's quite uh, witty and wonderful. Yeah. Uh, that's definitely true. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You know, at some point, maybe when uh, we'll check in with you one of these future dates. I'm, I'm just when it comes to self-publishing, I'm curious how that experience has been going. But we can, uh, we can talk about that on a future, future episode. Um, all right. So, uh, Vimp, the Vegas Internet Mafia family picnic. Um, yes, uh, which is coming up in October. Uh, very excited, very, very excited. We've talked about it a, a lot. For those of you that were not there last year, um, you know, it was just such such a good time. And we are looking forward to, to doing it again. And I'm super happy that we have uh, confirmed our host hotel for the, um, for the show. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been reading the internet message boards and the comments and, on Twitter and whatnot. And people have been sort of speculating about where it might be. And I can say that the, the rumors are true. We are indeed having Vimp out in Prim. Uh, at first, <laughs> it, it sort of seemed like a weird choice to me. But after thinking about it, it makes perfect sense because it's like so many of us are coming from California. It's just quicker and easier. Yeah. Uh, it's such a great spot. They've been renovating out there. Yes. Um, so Brand new Travel Mart. Yeah, mm, you know? oh, yeah. The press. They've got electric car charger there, which makes me happy. Convenient gas station. It's, it's going to be awesome. So make sure to book early. Those places fill up like crazy. Yes. Um, and we're sorry the hotels are so expensive out there, but it really it's going to be worth it. Plenty of room. Yeah. So, of course, that's not serious at all. That would be awful. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, but we do have a hotel. I was not kidding about that part. Um, and I think so. Chuck and I, obviously, uh, we've been working on this for a little bit. And so we are both in the know, but we, we, Dave, we haven't actually talked to Dave about it yet. So this is the first time that da Dave, by the way, are you available in October? Cause I guess that would be a good place to start. I'm available. Okay, good. I'm okay, available. good. So, uh, we're, we're getting our ducks in a row here live on the air. Um, but so uh, what we were going to do, Dave, we're going to have you guess, uh, where, where the show's going to be this year. And so, um, you know, I will, uh, I will let you take a crack at it. Do you have any guesses as to where we're going to be holding our uh, Vegas Internet Mafia family picnic uh, in 2013? Jerry's Nugget. That is an oh. excellent guess. Um, 
but that is sadly incorrect. You're sort mm. of close, maybe not. Everybody um, has everybody has to drink now. <laughs> Dave got it wrong. Yeah. So, uh, do you want to take another guess, I, or should we just reveal the secret here to the no, world? No, let me. I think I can get this. Okay. Um, okay. So, near Jerry's Nugget. How about Texas Station? Uh. Also, not very close. Um, take, everybody, take a drink. Yeah, I, we're gonna. I, we're not gonna. We're gonna be too drunk to announce. Uh, well, you know, there's only seventy gaming locations in Vegas, so this isn't gonna take all day. Yeah. Well, the good part is that you you know all of them. So <laughs> yeah, you, know, you I have, have a lot of alcohol. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so no problem then. <laughs> um. All right. You get one more guess, Dave. You get one more guess. Okay. Um. It's lots of fun. Oh, what a good oh, guess. That's a good what guess. What a good guess. That's a good but guess. Sadly, no, that is not correct. Take a drink. Um, yes, make sure you take a drink. Okay, <sighs> so um, we're really super happy to announce that VIMP 2013 is going to be held at... <laughs> uh, yes. So uh, I'll just. <laughs> we're really. Let's, let's wind this up again. Here we go. <laughs> that we're really milking this for way more than it's worth. Um, though we are super excited. Our our host hotel for this year of the show is going to be. We're going to be doing a downtown version of Vimp this year, and it's going to be at the D. Yes, indeed, yes. the D. So Derek Stevens, who was our our interview guest last year when we were at Bally's. Um, you know, we got to talking a little bit after that, after that interview, and he was kind enough to invite the VIMP audience down to, uh, down to the concert, uh, because it coincided with the, with the opening of the D that weekend. And, uh, you know, he, uh, he gets it. He's a real believer in what we're trying to do with the show. And I think he legitimately had a, had a good time. And um, he was very excited about about hosting, and we we talked to a few a few places. Um, I was actually, you know, uh, happily surprised by the reception that we got when we started talking to a couple of prospects about about hosting the show. Um, but uh, you know, when it came down to it, Derek's enthusiasm was just sort of an impossible to beat. Um, he just, uh, you know, he's he's really on board, and I think. Uh, you know, he's obviously since he's been to the show more than once, as we discovered <laughs> last year, um, I think it's really going to be great. And we've been talking about some additional stuff that we're going to roll into that weekend. And we don't we're not ready to announce that stuff yet. But um, let's just say that when you have a uh, host person that um, is throwing out such great ideas, uh, it's clear that we're going to we're all going to have a really good time. So for those of you that want to stay near the action, you know, of course, I would recommend staying at the D if you'd like to do that. Um, always good to throw some business to our host there. It's good for everybody um, or just in the general downtown area. Right. So that's where we're going to be. If you want to make sure you're near the action, you probably don't want to stay out in prim uh, this this <laughs> year. Um, so yeah, we're going to be talking a lot more about it, but, uh, the D so I just, yeah. uh, this will be our, our first opportunity. I'm sure of many to thank Derek and the folks at the D for making this happen. So we're going to be doing the show in their showroom. Um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Very much looking forward to it. This is going to be really, really great. Just knowing what Derek has said since we've, uh, come to an agreement and, 
the fact that it's downtown, it's going to be intimate and fun. We can take over the hotel. If everybody stays at the D, it's going to be like Animal House. Really, it's going to be outrageous. There's going to be so much fun and it's going to go all day, all night, you know, crazy, insane fun. I, I, I thought last year, honestly, last year I thought... While while the while all that stuff was going on, I, I thought I really don't think it's possible for this to get any better, but it's it's gonna get better. This is this is gonna be a pretty outrageous weekend. Book your airfare, book your hotel. Don't miss this weekend. If you're a part of this community, you cannot miss this. You get to meet all the people who you talk to on the internet, follow on Twitter. You finally get to meet them and give them a hug and buy them a beer. It's going to be a fantastic weekend. Um, we're six months out, almost to the day. I can't wait. Yeah. So seriously, yeah. book now. I and I, I, uh, I can't say. Um, I just, it's going to be great. And just no, talking to Derek about it and his willingness to accommodate us and let us do basically, yeah. um, you know, to really make a great event. I mean, he's talking about, oh, well, I can move this for you and you can have this and do that. And it's like, whoa, man. I mean, almost to the point where well, we had to say, oh, it's okay. You don't have to, you know, empty out your entire hotel for us. We'll, we'll, we'll be able to work around the other folks that would like to stay with you. I, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but he's been yeah. incredibly helpful. Yeah. In making this happen, so he's he's one of us, yeah. which is which is really kind of amazing. You think one of us goofballs ended up buying a casino, yeah. and you know he's having a party, right? He's helping us host the party with you guys. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. Cannot wait. Going to be awesome. So for uh, as always, you can go to vegasinternetmafia.com to get the latest info. That site is going to be continually updated. Uh, with all the latest information. Once we're done with the show, it'll reflect uh, the hotel info. And of course, we'll also be disseminating information through other channels like Twitter. Um, I'm going to be sticking stuff in, in Vegas, mate. And I know the 500 folks are also going to be talking about some of these details as well. So if, uh, if you want to make sure that you don't miss anything, those are the avenues to watch. And the website is the best single, single stop shopping for information on yes. VIMF. Oh, all right. Am I missing yep. anything or are we ready to rock yeah, and roll? I, I just wanted to reiterate, of course, that we know this, but uh, it, we will be there doing the Vegas Gang Live. Mm. Uh, we'll be doing Stump right. Dr. Dave again. Our dear pals, 500, will be joining us once again. And uh, we will uh, be doing the Goofy Match Game Show one more time. Yes. So – uh, that's great. Always good to remind folks exactly what the program is going to be. Uh, well, it'll be starting in the, you know, early afternoon-ish, um, and we'll go to the early evening, you know, a few hours. So, um, all that stuff will be posted yeah. and, uh, we're looking forward to spending the afternoon with you. And of course there will be some other events surrounding it that w as well over the weekend. And so I'm pulling for a hot dog eating contest. We could probably make that happen. <laughs> I'm pulling for a Sigma Derby tournament. You know, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, but that idea has been floated, and so we haven't we haven't worked out all the all those kinds of details yet. But I would not be surprised if that ended up on the agenda someplace. Yeah. All right, so let's get into topics and talk about some casino stuff. Actually, I want to start with some follow up um, from the last episode um, because since we recorded that episode, there was a comment thread on the Vegas Gang Podcast website uh, that garnered a little bit of attention. So as a bit of a recap, um, well, I, I should say my bullet point in my outline here says, um, Boyd is great and we are dumb. 
um, because <laughs> the general consensus, you know, last time we were talking about um, the Resorts World property that's going to be taking over the Echelon site. And I part of the conversation was about what this deal does to Boyd and how they took a large write down as part of that process and how losing that access to that strip property uh, will impact the company. And um, I would say to say that some of our listeners took exception with that analysis, I think would be accurate. Um, actually, I think at one point, Chuck, you and I were called Vegas snobs for thinking Ooh. Boyd was uncool. Um, and, you know, that's fine. Uh, we, I completely welcome the, the feedback. I know a lot of you guys out there said that, uh, you know, cited some of Boyd's financials and indicated that it's not like the company's about to go out of business, which is definitely true. So I may have overstated that aspect a little bit, especially when it came to the size of the write-down. Um, yes, it's almost a billion dollars, which is a large number, but that was a sunk cost, right? It wasn't like they had to write a check uh, that came out of their cash. This was stuff that they'd, you know, cost that they'd already, um, money they'd already spent. So it's it's definitely different in that regard. But, um, you know, I, I, still, I still stand behind what I was saying last time. And I think sort of the most common refrain in the commentary was basically Boyd makes money equals Boyd is good, um, which is great. Yeah. If that's what you think, that's great. That's uh, fine. That's personally not how I do my grading. I mean, of course, um, companies that don't make money don't stick around. But uh, when it comes to the things that I find interesting that capture my attention, it's a bunch of other factors, right? It's companies that are doing something new and interesting, companies that have really high standards or have a set of values that they're working hard to, uh, that they're working hard to match. And, you know, not sort of the BS corporate mission bullshit values, but certain companies when they can tell their entire reason for existing is to make sure people have a good time or whatever it may be. So I still think Boyd is boring, um, but if you love them, awesome. I'm going to reiterate what I, what I remember to be the original discussion, just encapsulate it quickly, which was that Boyd runs the risk of, of being – uh, being beat by the competition unless they become a little more proactive with their properties. It's really the simplistic discussion. So I still stand by that. Yeah. If that makes me a snob, well, fine. <laughs> yes, I know. At least at least uh, I'm in good company, right? Dave, somehow no. you, you escaped being called a snob. Um, people actually really liked your idea of sort of down, downtown um, city center Boyd version. Yeah. Uh, so Dave, as as usual, comes out looking great. Chuck and Hunter <laughs> look like jerks, but you know I'm used to it at this point. Par for the course. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we appreciate your feedback. As always, you can go to VegasGangPodcast.com and leave comments on the show. The other piece of feedback I got that I thought was interesting was regarding part of our discussion on Resorts World was that uh, we thought the name was kind of dumb, um, and there was a long thread on the uh, Five Hundred Facebook group complaining about people that complain about casino names. Um, <laughs> so I took a certain amount of pride in uh, being lumped into that category as well. Apparently, uh, it's a waste of everyone's time when people like us complain about the names of casinos. And okay, I'm sorry, I'm wasting your time. I, yeah. I mean, you know, that's great if you don't care about it. I don't think it impacts the financial performance. I still think it's a stupid name. So... I think there was also a thread on VT about people who complained about complaining about <laughs> yeah. oh. the walk to Aria. Oh, there was. <laughs> yes, there was. This, this sort of meta complaining thing seems to have. Yeah. I wonder if that, that just means like the whole 
negativity has boiled over to the fact where people just aren't interested in hearing the bad stuff anymore. There's enough bad stuff in the world. They only want to hear good things. Yes. Prim, Prim has a new uh, truck stop. <laughs> so I guess, you know, I don't know what to say about that. I still think it's a bad name. I also agree with the people that say names don't matter. So I guess I, I uh, can't win on that one. All right. Let's talk a little bit about uh, some construction stuff that's happening in Las Vegas. Um, the land of no construction is suddenly now the land of construction again. Uh, with, of course, the big story that, um, you know, I was really happy. I broke this story like six months ago, um, but nobody gave me any credit. Uh, but it was in the mainstream media today. Um, in all seriousness, uh, we're talking about the park uh, from MGM Resorts. Um <laughs> <laughs> so I thought it would be good to kick off this segment by just – I'm just going to read uh, the description of the park so you guys can get a sense of what the park is all about. All right. So here we go. MGM is redefining the iconic Las Vegas skyline with the park, an open-air retail, dining, and entertainment district. Located at the heart of the world-famous Las Vegas Strip, the park will span more than 200,000 square feet of gross leasable space and feature more than 30 unique retail, dining, and entertainment experiences. Which really sounds great until you realize that's actually the description for the link, which I, <laughs> I, I did a find and replace um, and put in the park instead. Uh, so the park um, – Dave, I know that you said it doesn't matter. People will – cynics will compare it to Link, which uh, I read your article today. And I sort of just did that as a joke to uh -huh. to um, to show how similar some of these, these projects are. And I want you to talk about that in a minute. But Chuck, since you did break the story on the park like 10 years ago, why don't you tell us what the park is and what we should expect? Well, basically, MGM got the, uh, the bright idea to uh, build an arena in the back. Whether or not that is the uh, the egg that came before the cart or the horse and the chicken was carrying it, uh, who really knows? But they've decided to fill in all of the bits and pieces, uh, the bits and, and caulk, the caulking their resorts together. Uh, <laughs> and and do well, – this is a great comment that was uh, somebody posted on Twitter days. Basically, uh, to do all the stuff that they didn't do in city center <laughs> – and apply it to the front of Monte Carlo and New York, New York, basically to create a uh, a comfortable outdoor atmosphere for lollygagging, goofing around, and dining and spending money on frozen drinks and other outdoor escapades while traversing from New York, New York, or Point South north towards uh, Bellagio or what have you is up over that way. So MGM is basically going to redo the front parts of those two properties and in the middle sort of is a, a, a linkish thing. They're going to put in a park which has a little water feature and a Shake Shack burger stand which people are extremely excited about. Uh, then there's going to be some other fancy art things and, and a few other bits and pieces which will connect under a tree canopy to the uh, new arena that they are building in collaboration with AEG Entertainment. In a nutshell, that's pretty much uh, what it is. It's kind of like uh, a little more relaxed and less claustrophobic version of Link. Right. So it's supposed to open in early 2014, so it's 
you know, it's not going to be too long until you can enjoy the park. Um, today and along with their, this, today was their big press push day. So uh, along with the press release that went out to all the newspapers and whatnot, they put up some videos of uh, Jim Murren from M. Jim Resorts talking about uh, what he sees the park as. And, um, you know, one of the things that I thought was interesting was that he said that they've been working on this for three years, which uh, on one hand – um, is interesting because of the timing that that would suggest, which is basically right after City Center opened. They're like, oh, fuck, we better fix this. Yeah. Um, and then the other part was like three years, really, to, for this? Like I've seen the plans. It's, I think it's going to be cool. I'm right. glad they're doing it, but this doesn't take three years to design. There's well, no way. Obviously, they, they, didn't, they haven't even touched the uh, arena Right. Designed it, you know. There's there is a minor sort of mock-up in one of the renderings, but they say that they haven't designed it. Right. They haven't even hired an architect yet. So, right. So, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure where, where that three years comes into play and exactly what they've been doing over that period of time. But uh, you know, that area, that area now is nothing all that great, right? It's the city center, sales office, and parking lots, mm-hmm. basically. So, uh, happy to see it put to some better use. I love the idea of trees and walking through a nice park area. So if they execute it well, I think it could be a really great addition, um, filling up that space a little bit more. Fantastic. Great. Uh, But Dave, you know, you wrote about the park today. Of course, I think you tackled some of, I think, the most common, what we'll see is sort of the most common uh, objections or criticisms, and you tried to sort of rebut them and explain why maybe they're not such, uh, such insightful criticisms. Maybe tell us a little bit about what you wrote. Yeah, you know, basically, I want to look at it in the big picture. Before I get into that, I just want to say that it was kind of hard to divorce the hype from the reality of this. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a huge problem with Vegas, where they can't just say, look, we have something new. It's really cool. And I hope you like it. It has to be, this is visionary. And this is the first ever. And this has never happened before, which it, it, I don't know. I, I feel like it insults people's intelligence. And I don't know if that's a good strategy or no, a bad strategy. No, I agree. I mean, the marketing material, some of the stuff that was floating around the internet um, about this in the days leading up to the announcement, the hyperbole was so ridiculous. It really – so I think the problem, especially when it comes to MGM, is you know this the hyperbole level is basically at the same uh, – where it was for a city center where they're like, this is going to change the world. Um, and none of those predictions came true, right? It was a complete miss on all of those incredibly uh, grandiose uh, predictions. And so they, when they say the same stuff the second time, it's like, well, who's going to believe you when you say that a yep. park like this is going to literally be one of the most exciting spaces in the world. I mean, yep. come on, come on. Yeah. To me, it's like you, you have somebody over and you pour them, a nice glass of single malt scotch and they can smell it and they won't really want to drink it. But then you kind of get a wad of tongue depressors, shove them down their throat and pour it down. <laughs> it's like, you've got something really good. Right. You don't need to do that much of a hard sell with it. Right. You know, it's okay to be a little bit modest about it and say, Hey, this is going to be good. So, I mean, that all being said, I think that it is a really good idea for the city. It makes a lot of sense. They have to do something. They can't just – their big competitor, Caesars, is adding Link. They can't just kind of hang around and pump a bunch of money into – Yeah, I'm not going to get that one because <laughs> you guys are so much more important than whoever that is. Uh, they can't just 
Oh, maybe they can. So they can't just put all their money into room <laughs> renovations, which is a lot of money and which is really important. And I don't want to short sell them and say they haven't done anything. They've done a lot of stuff to upgrade their room product and upgrade the resorts. So they've done a lot of that, but that's not enough. They need that thing that'll bring the wow factor and give people a reason to go there. And I think this really solves a big problem, which is that you have people staying at the south end of the Strip. And you can see if you go down there, they're walking up usually to get to the Bellagio Fountains to watch that. And I don't know why it took yeah. seven years for somebody to figure out, hey, we should put something here that takes advantage of this foot traffic because it is there. And it's and kind of I also in the article, I got into the fact that this is really the anti-city center and it's doing everything. Basically, what city center should have done mm-hmm. when that opened, they actually are doing with this. So it shows to me that this is a company that's learning from their mistakes and that's doing some good stuff. So I'm sure the PR folks aren't going to be pleased because I did take the company to task for some missteps with city center. But to me, that's just being honest and saying, Hey, you know, we're not in this wonderful world where everything is always visionary and transformative and we don't have any mistakes in our past. Let's, you know, yeah, that didn't work out. The entire reason behind it being this residential center didn't work out. So what can they do? Well, they can try to capture wallet share from people who are going to be in Vegas, give people a reason to hang around those casinos, which if you don't gamble, there's not really a ton of stuff to do there at, you know, Monte Carlo and New York, New York, unless you're going to go see a show at one of them. So it's kind of just giving people a reason to chill out there, which will lead to them getting their wallets out sooner or later. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I think it's I, like I said. I think it's going to be a nice addition. Uh, I don't know if I trust uh, Jim Murren much when it comes to these kinds of uh, statements anymore. I mean, I I just don't. Um, you know, Hunter, I I completely agree with you. This is this is part and parcel of the reason why I don't trust Sam Nazarian because every single thing that comes out of them is it has that. This is the greatest thing since fill in the blank, whatever it is that they're trying to displace. You know, we, almost there should be a name for this overhyped hyperbole, like like the the Nazarian gambit or something. There's got to be some <laughs> some sort of term we can use forever to describe this type of hype. Yeah, it's just you know, like like Dave, you were just saying. I mean, can't something just be a nice addition, a smart thing to do? It doesn't have to be a game changer, you know, and uh, completely upending some strategy. I mean, this is just a nice uh, a nice addition to the strip, a much better use of space than it's being used for now. I think it's going to be. Uh, a plus, but why, why does it have to be, you know? Uh, yeah. Well, you know, take a look at what, what uh, our good friend Derek's done with the D. You know, he brings in Andy Amo and it's not, this is the greatest restaurant of all time and will change dining forever. It's like, hey, this is a really good restaurant. I hope you come, you know, brings back the Shintas. And it's not like, oh my God, we've reinvented Las Vegas. You know, hey, <laughs> these people are entertaining. You should come down and see them. So I, I just think it might also be a generational thing with people today being a little bit more cynical and not so apt to lap up anything that's given to them. I think that people today kind of like a little bit more honesty and yeah. when they're being dealt with by companies. So just say, Hey, look, this is going to be really cool and you're going to have fun here. PR people get paid by the quality of their adjectives. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, that therein lies the problem. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I wish that they would turn down the hype machine a little bit and just let something stand on its own merits a little bit more. 
um, it would feel way more authentic to me. Uh, but you know that said, like I, you know, I think it's going to be cool. I'm, I'm glad they're doing it. Except for the one part I'm not a super huge fan of is um, some of the visual treatments for uh, exterior changes, right? Especially New York, New York, which they're uh, going to make it really ugly um, if if they follow through on the plan they've got uh, that you posted renders of, Chuck. I mean, yeah. you know, they're talking about redoing that facade to integrate some of this new stuff. Um, but you know, there's a there's a nice way to do it, and then a pretty garish way, and I and it looks like they picked the the latter. Um, you know, the as many people have said, the Diablo's restaurant outside of Monte Carlo does not fit at all in any sort of design universe with the Monte Carlo itself, right? It looks like it's an alien ship that landed there, um, and it sounds like what they're building on the other side, the new restaurant on the on the northern side. Is maybe going to integrate a little bit better. But it looks like a more modern alien ship. Yeah. But Instead this, of a pirate ship, it looks like a spaceship. <laughs> but the New York, New York stuff looks awful to me. I mean, yeah. uh, especially that Hershey's thing. Ugh. Yeah. So. Somebody pointed out in the comments on the post of that is that it looks just like the Hershey store in Times Square. Yeah, I saw that. But the New York, New York is supposed to be New York from like the 1920s, <laughs> yeah. not New York from 2013. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm not sure if I completely buy that rationale. What I always loved about that was the, the Coca-Cola advertising or the Pepsi-Cola advertisement mm-hmm. on the side of that building. I would love it if they did a Hershey's 10-cent, you know, kind of classic, vintage-looking thing in that style on those tenement buildings, those <laughs> fake tenement buildings, to make them, you know, look like, hey, this is really like a funky old Hershey shop. Like, if you walk in there and it's like going into an old-style kids' candy store, like a Brooklyn candy store from 1932, like my dad would go to, you know, that would be really bitching. That would make the whole thing kind of sing, but, you know, it's that's not going to happen. Yeah. Maybe it will. You know, maybe this is just they photoshopped in the one from Times Square. Yeah, I guess so. Possibly. Wow. Every optimist. Dave. <laughs> you got to be. You got to Benefit be. of the doubt, Dave. Dude, he's a, he's a marathon runner. He's got to be optimistic. Wow. <sighs> um, okay, sure. I'll buy that. Maybe they just photoshopped in the one from Times Square. <laughs> I hope so. I hope you're right, Dave. I hope so, too. Um, anything else on the park before we move on? Are we missing anything? It seems like uh, sort of got the, the big details. Vimp 2016 at the park, baby. It's going to happen. You never know. Honestly, <laughs> I, I, you know, outdoor venues are tough, but uh, it, it, it could be kind of fun. Um, other construction stuff since we were last talked. I think, you know, we've talked a lot about SLS on the show. Um, not a lot more to talk about except that their construction continues. Um, you know, we've seen – we're seeing some uh, out external – um, evidence that work is going on. One of the buildings has now been demolished, and the the giant dome that uh, graced the Sahara's entrance for many many years is now also gone. So, Hashtag dome destruction. Yeah. So <laughs> it's you know it's definitely making its transformation. Uh, they've been posting photos on their, I think Facebook or Instagram or both, um, as they continue. So you know. Um, there is less of the Sahara and more of the more uh, SLS as it continues. It's pretty funny seeing Sam Nazarian in a hard hat standing there amidst the wreckage. Like you guys go pick that wreckage up. Like he's really in there working, you know? Yeah, <laughs> totally nonsense. He's you know he's like he's directing the workers. He's like you, you yeah. right there, go over there, get that. Hey, hey you over there, 
you go pick that up and bring that over here, okay? Come on, get over there. Go it, go. Hey, yeah, I'll give you a $10 hamburger when you're done. Come on, go, go. Get it done, huh? So, SLS he's not, a, he's not Italian. I only have one fake accent. Though. <laughs> <laughs> um, along with SLS, we've got um, – oh, the marquee at Aria is now up and on, right? So they built this gigantic marquee. They say – I think they say it's the, lar- the tallest one on the strip. I don't know if that's been independently verified. But um, it is massive from yep. all of the photos that have been out there, and uh, and it's now up and running. So, you know, this giant – this giant uh, popsicle that they stuck next to uh, the Harmon um, <laughs> is now uh, broadcasting Aria's uh, incredible wares 24-7, which will, of course, reverse all of Aria's problems and um, get people to come in by the, by the thousands. Apparently, it runs off a Mac Mini. Oh, that's right. So somebody <laughs> posted that in the comments right on VT, which is – I, you know, it's funny. I, um, all of the signage at our airport here runs off of those too. So I don't know how common that is, but it's, I've definitely seen it in some other places. But yeah, I, I, guess, I guess what it does mean is that you won't see the Windows blue screen of death on that thing anytime soon. No. Maybe you'll see the rainbow spinner instead. <laughs> or flash error. That would be pretty, that would be pretty awesome. Um, all right. Let's see. Moving right along. Uh, gold spike. So since we last um, last since we last discussed the gold spike, everyone's favorite downtown casino is now uh, history. Uh, yeah, I mean this sort of came out of nowhere, right? I mean we know that it had sort of struggled and not done well, and I heard a lot of crazy rumors about it cl- cl- potentially closing. But it went from um, open to Tony Shea and his crew are buying the note to. It's closing tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, it really happened fast. Um, so you know, I, I what is what's going to happen at the gold spike? I mean, is this? I know that there's a lot of uh, speculation over what they want to do with that property. I mean, is it is it going to be another casino? Do we think, or is it going to get torn down and turned into condos? Or, or what do you guys think is going to happen with that place? I think looking at the gaming numbers downtown, it's not going to be another casino, especially with the Lady Luck slash downtown grand coming back back online. You just don't need more slot machines down there and more table games. There's just – I just don't think the market can support it. So I think it's not going to be a casino. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know uh, what the sort of word on the street was as far as it being a surprise. I thought it was kind of interesting how quickly it, quickly it moved. Uh, you know, not in – it was never in the greatest spot for a casino, right? I know a lot of people that were sort of freaked out to walk down there at night, especially. Um, I, I don't know how justified that opinion is, but I, it was definitely out there, people that were not – didn't feel comfortable sort of cruising around in that area at night. Um. So yeah, so I mean, you know, it's it's now shuttered. Those folks, I guess, are are out of are out of their jobs, and it, and uh, we'll see what happens whether or not it gets torn down or whether they um, can convert it into. I mean, I guess the biggest thing that the folks down there need, since Zappos is moving their people down there, is like more places for people to live that aren't you know million dollar condos or whatever they cost. I mean, I guess they're not that much anymore, but. Um, not everybody can live in a super high-end condo, right? They, you not, you've got to have a, a variety of housing. But it seems like it would be tough to convert that those hotel rooms into living spaces for people, given their vintage. You know, I tell you, I tell you what, Hunter, this this thing uh, it smacks to me of 
Foxconn dormitories. <laughs> yeah, okay. You know? And they did this actually in, in Kotai as well. They had built all these temporary dormitories out in the in the muck next to the Venetian where the people were living. And then they'd go across the street to work on what's become the uh, Sands Kotai Central. And then they'd go back over and go to sleep. And then they'd get up and go back to work. So the fact that the, the company owner is involved with this organization that's going to buy up local land to create dormitories for uh, their employees. I don't know, man. To me, it just, it just, it makes me uncomfortable. If I work for Zappos, even though I know it's a cult to a degree, uh, I wouldn't want to live with my coworkers, really. Right. Not even on the, on the, on the smallest level, I wouldn't want to. Right, it I is. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even want to go to the lunch with them. <laughs> From what I've read, though, they kind of screen. They kind of screen for that in the interviews. And if you don't want to, if you don't really buy into it, if yeah. you just believe, hey, this is a nine to five gig, and I've got my own stuff. I don't think you join the company. I think they really, you know, from what I've read about it, they really need people to accept it as their life and their family. I don't know if they still do this, but for a while they would pay you to quit after the first week. You'd go through training and they would, I think, pay you like 700 bucks or something. They'd say, look, we'll pay you to quit. And they based, the way they justified that was like the people that would take that, we don't want them. Right. We like that sort of speaks to what you're saying, Dave. They're really looking for somebody that buys into their whole way of doing business and their somewhat cultish sort of environs. I would not also want to live in a dorm with all of my employees or coworkers. That just seems very weird to me. Um, but uh, yeah, it does seem to be the way that they're moving. I guess um, when it comes to the gold spike, though. You know, what do you guys think? Is anybody going to miss the gold spike? I don't, I don't never got the sense it was anybody's favorite anything. Well, uh, besides the people who work there, probably not. Yeah. Yeah. I never added the gold, gold spike to Vegas, mate, so now I just cross that off my list. <laughs> well, you know, their their renovations a few years ago were sort of, you know, half done. It, it looked like uh, the place was designed by HGTV, you know. It, just, <laughs> it had all these funky tiles and stuff, you know, and it just – it wasn't a comfortable place where you'd really want to go gamble. It's the kind of place you'd like, oh, my God, get me out of here. And not in a dirty, funky way. It was, like, mismatched and weird. Yeah, just didn't make you feel comfortable. Yeah. Um, all right, well, pour one out for the gold spike. Um, <laughs> moving on, uh, this is – we're going to talk about another article, Dave, that you wrote uh, in Vegas 7, which is talking about uh, video games and um, – Sort of the future of electronic gambling and how those two worlds might meet, um, which is a topic I, I find very interesting because I think we've we've talked about this in some form before. Um, you know, just talking about how a lot I see a lot of people my age. I'm 34, 33. I'm somewhere. I'm in my early 30s. I don't remember exactly how old I am. Um, I'll be 34 in July. Snob. Uh, Yes, I am a, <laughs> I am a age snob. Um, I know most of the people that I know in my age group are not big slot machine fans, right? So maybe they do like to play video poker, but they do not play a lot of slot machines. They don't find – they don't really enjoy them that much the way that maybe uh, a generation older seems to really take to slot machines. And I don't – I've always speculated that you know at least part of that has to do with – the amount of technology you had when you were growing up, right? I mean, like, I, 
had video games and uh, of course now we have a lot of technology in our lives and I assume that the folks even younger than I am are even more disinterested in stuff like slot machines because they're so simplistic. When I see a slot machine with spinning with spinning reels, some of those games, I mean, you know, they they really pale in stimulative comparison to what kids are used to playing at home. Um, and while they're different, I still think that those things are connected. And you talked about this a bit in this article and where the industry may be going. So maybe you can give us a sort of summary as to what you wrote. It was really a synthesis of a couple of things. It got kicked off with a Twitter conversation that I was having with Agent Marco and who covers a lot of online poker and kind of brought that together with some stuff that I'd heard John Akers say a couple times in the past year about how gambling is dead. And if you don't know who he is, he's the guy who pretty much invented the player's card and has been on the cutting edge of gambling technology for about 30 years. Hmm. And he really says you can't people, pretty much everything that Hunter said with his kids are not willing to sit down and watch three little reels spin around uh, on a box and that their kids are even less willing to do it. So I think you've got to change the product and really change it. And I, I liken this to the change that happened 50 years ago when they started pushing slots out in front of table games, where instead of having a bunch of people sit around and play card games with complicated rules, or rules that at least seem complicated, you let people just push a button and win stuff at random. I think it's going the other way around, and people don't want to spend a lot of time doing stuff that's just at random. They want to at least have the appearance of making progress and doing things. So I think if you have people start having more skill elements in games, that would probably be a good thing. It's also interesting to see where the betting money and how well you do in video games has come, where back in 2009, there was a company called bringit.com that IGT later acquired. And right now that site's down, but they may be working on something. But there's also Virgin Gaming, which is integrated, I'm pretty sure, with Xbox 360 and a couple of the other consoles where you can wager money on how well you'll do against other people. So I think this is a start and I think this could be one of the ways that gambling could change. I, you know, I, it's, I see these trends and I don't, I'm not performing any kind of a scientific study. So it may be that I have a very poor sample, but it does, it does (laughs) seem like, you know, the people that I know, they are the traditional logic that people are intimidated by table games. I think is not untrue, right? That people are worried about making an ass out of themselves, sitting at a game and playing wrong or making a mistake and looking stupid. I think that is true, but there's all there are also significantly uh, there are significant factors that pull them towards that experience over slot machines, like the social aspect of it, um, and the fact that you feel like you are actually you could potentially be good at it. Right now, of course, anybody that knows anything about gambling, right? There, that is a very dubious claim, but. I think when it comes to slot machines, nobody thinks they're good at slot machines, right? At least if not if they're sane. Uh, But there are probably plenty of people that would tell you they're good at playing blackjack or good at playing craps. Um, You know, I think it's fascinating. What I wonder, though, and you touched on this in your piece, too, is is like, is the industry going to change too slowly? And one of the things that I read in your piece, I read the sentence a couple times, and and I'm going to paraphrase because I don't have it in front of me, but it was basically, you know, Look, in 25 years when nobody's coming to the casinos anymore, they're going to figure this out. And it's like, wow, is really is that what it's going to take for them to make a cha- make these kinds of changes? 
Yeah, see, I I'm I think it'll be a lot quicker than that. I think some casino in Atlantic City is going to say, "Huh, let's have a StarCraft tournament or whatever and see what happens." And I think that's going to have to happen because what they're doing isn't working and they've got to do something else. And yeah, I I just think they're going to do this out of necessity because that slot machine demographic is getting older and older. They've got so much money sunk into that. They have to do something different just to evolve. Right. Chuck, I mean, what do you think about your, your peer group, right? I mean, uh, you know, uh, are they big slot players, table game players, gamblers at all? It's probably a pretty good mix. People in my peer group, some, some play slots uh, and some play table games, poker, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I'm generally I play slot machines and I play table games. Uh, I I don't actually don't like the video slot machines. I don't understand them. Uh, it just it, all of a sudden like I, I can't tell if I won or I didn't win. When you <laughs> right. ring those things, like a bunch of things, you know, stars just go when they blow, <laughs> thing. and then there's like five like squares that are lit up in some sort of way that doesn't make like a geometrical pattern that makes sense. Like I won something and, and I, I don't fully get it. So I've always felt very alienated from, from all of those video slots. I don't, I don't play them. I, I try to, to just do it, but I can't, I just, I, I hate it. I just got to get out of here. This thing drives me crazy. I enjoy actually a dopey real machine to me, it's relaxing. It's so funny. You get into the thing, and then you win, you lose, you win, you lose, and you become aware of the wide swaths of winning <laughs> and all this stuff, and the drinks keep coming. And when I was smoking, I'd smoke a pack of cigarettes in an hour. It was awesome and having conversations and meeting people and talking. It's kind of social in a social sort of way as opposed to social in a social through a device kind of way, you know? Right. That, that, that part I enjoyed, but – the other thing is, in the last four years, three or four years, I have my gambling has cut down to like zero, almost zero, because I never, ever come close to winning, ever, on anything. And I mean pr- primarily machines. I've hit one one uh, royal flush, which was strange, but, but generally it, it just takes the money. And I think, you know, I, Dave would probably know whether or not that they've actually locked the slot machines down, the hold has gone up, the take's gone up, the drop, whatever the mathematics are of that thing. But my general feeling is that it's like I might as well just give the money to SpongeBob at this stage <laughs> of the game. You know, it's, you funny, know? it's, uh, it's funny you say that because I, I have not won any real money gambling in Las Vegas for it seems like years now. Um, whereas, you know, I hear, I, I listen to, uh, I listen to, um, you know, 500 people call into that show and they talk about their trip and they're talking about winning money. And of course, you know, I'm not under the illusion that like most people win, right? They don't keep the lights on with the loose, like, you know, whatever. <laughs> that's right, yeah. Clearly, um, you know, people are dropping lots of money in the casinos and that's how they make money. I did not learn this yesterday, but it, I am with you in that it. I have my aversion has grown as I have not gotten the uh, the little hit um, for yeah. quite a while. So you know, of course, you get smacked too many times, and you're, you're going to stop going back. I'm going to mix all these metaphors together into a giant Please. pot. Um, 
But it's funny that you talked about the video slots and mentioned that because I feel the same way. I've never really articulated it, but I hate them. Um, yeah. When I do play slot machines, I will only play something that's got reels. And like, yeah. if I'm going to go play a Wheel of Fortune machine, I'll find the one in the bank that isn't some wacky video thing. That I yeah. like, I'm just like you. I don't understand them. Yeah. They have these crazy bonus rounds, and I can't tell if I've won or if I've lost. I do not like them. Yeah. And I'm not super dumb. I just don't get it. And I so- kind of don't trust them too. Because it's the new technology. And it's weird because I'm like a technophile sort of. You know, I'll go buy the new gadget. I'm into that stuff. But but it's bizarre when I see the new machines, like even the, the fake real machines, the ones that video screen with a 3D screen and it looks like right. there's real spinning, but it's really just a LED screen. I still I don't trust those either, man. It's like something about the fact that it's you can actually see this piece of plastic going around in a circle that to me seems authentic. Now I know they all run off the same stupid chip, <laughs> so I'm being completely irrational. But but that's the way I feel, you know. And I doubt I'm I'm sure everybody has their own s- sort of whatever voodoo nonsense ways of, of 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 interacting with these devices. I just I think the topic of game design is really interesting. As, as it pretends to a changing customer base. Um, because it, and I, I'm sure I'm probably wrong about this. I'm sure if you asked uh, a manufacturer or did an audit of G2E uh, introductions, that there probably is a lot of new stuff coming to the market that's different. But my impression is that it's all the same and it's been the same for a long time. Oh, it's like kind of like Taco Bell. Where same ingredients, a thousand different same items. Same exact ingredients, you just mix them up. It's right. still, you know, right. flour tortilla, ground beef, lettuce, rice, so on and so forth. They just kind of mix them up a little. That that's what it is, yeah. and it's not a genuinely new product. You know, even t- so, like wow, we're gonna ha- we're multi-platform now, so we're gonna take our slot machine and you can play it in an iPhone. Well, it's still a slot machine. It's still the same thing. You know, the so I think. You've got to, it's got to change. Now, it's very interesting because we had, after I wrote this article, I went to a talk by one of our gaming fellows here named Steve Andrade, and he gave a talk basically about how GTEC, which is a lottery company, is doing just this. And they're creating these really cool games that are totally geared towards millennials and Gen Y and, and all that. So it's interesting that some people are already getting there. So I, I thought that was really cool. And that's the, uh, UNLV Gaming Podcast 51, if you want to listen to the whole thing, he explains it far more articulately than I ever could. Yeah, I listened to that, and it is interesting, um, especially the sort of the second half goes into a lot of these, a lot of these issues. Um, I don't know. I think uh, it feels like if they don't change, they're going to be screwed, but uh, that may just be me talking out of my own personal experience and not the broader market. Well, the other analogy for me is horse racing, where they really haven't changed what they do, and that's why attendance is down, uh, live betting is down. It's kind of gotten a second wind with the simulcasting, which is keeping it alive, but you've got to wonder when nobody's going to live races anymore, how big is it going to be? So uh, it's, not, it's not without precedence that a kind of gambling is going to become less popular. Yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting stuff. Um, I guess I got I got two quick tech-related topics as they are to casinos before we are done. Um, might as well squeeze them in. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't think it'll take very long. One is Google Glass. So if people don't know what Google Glass is, they're uh, like a basically like a little microcomputer strapped to some glasses that you can wear that uh, basically project information into your field of view. 
Uh, they're not available yet, but they're starting to make their way into the hands of um, developers that will be making software for them, and they're going to be available for the public by the end of the year. Um, what's interesting is to see how they may uh, impact casinos, right? So uh, I would have thought that casinos would be very nervous about something like this um, because it's very difficult to – they've got a camera built in. It's it, it does give some visual indication when you're recording, but it's fairly subtle. Um, and so in theory, the person can be recording stuff. They could have information piped into their field of view uh, without – anybody else being able to tell what they're looking at. So this to me seems like it's a cheating device waiting to happen. Um, <laughs> but apparently there was an article um, on the web this week talking about, I guess both Caesars and MGM have said that they are okay with this as long as they don't think you're cheating. And if they do, they'll break your hands. Um, so I was a little bit surprised by that reaction. And I guess, you know, it's such early days with this stuff yet. We don't know you know, they're not even really in the hands of customers. So it may be that these policies will change if things go awry. But I, I think, you know, something like this could have a really profound uh, impact on the casino experience. I mean, if you're playing at a game of blackjack and wearing these and you've got basic strategy piped into your glasses on every hand, that's not cheating. Uh, well, I guess, hold on a second. Maybe I should take that back. How, how is cheating defined? I mean, if you're using an electronic device to aid your play, is that technically cheating, even if you're not breaking the rules? I think so. Not, it's very, it's a, it's a real gray area. So, I mean, remember the whole controversy a couple of years ago over the iPhones, right? Like with the, yeah, with the apps. So, it's, right. yeah, I, I think it all depends on how you want to interpret it. You know, definitely now, let's say you've got somebody, so let's say you've got two people with this, one of them standing behind the dealer there and is looking at their whole card and is using it to signal somebody. That would be a clear-cut case of cheating. Right. And if, of course, no one's going to let them cheat, right? But it just yeah. seemed, I was surprised to, he, to see <clears throat> both of these companies make statements saying that they, you know, as long as the person's on the up and up, they're fine with it. It seems like... This is what I mean. I get smacked down all the time taking photos where they can clearly tell what I'm doing. Right? There's no, I'm not being sly about it at all, and they don't like that. Um, so I'm surprised that they don't seem to have a problem with this. Using an electronic device to assist your play, I'm 99% sure that it is against gaming control board laws. So in and of itself. Uh, and this this goes back to the guy with the battery pack and the shoe thing. Right. Oh, yeah. That we keep, the, keep track of the count. Now, could you sit at the table with an abacus? Probably not. It's But it's doing the same thing. Right. But it's using any kind of electronic device. Like I've thought about – just like you, Hunter, I've thought about a billion ways I could make an app, right? And I thought, well, why not uh, an app where the screen is off and every time it's a plus card, you hit the plus volume button. Every time it's a negative card, you hit the negative volume button. And then the thing vibrates when, you know, <laughs> the count in your favor. It's that simple, you know, or you could even keep it in your pocket. But that is cheating doing that. Right. And all it is is basically a calculator when it gets to plus seven or whatever the number is, you know, you know, it's time to increase your bet. It vibrates for you. So, so do I, don't, I don't see how this would be because you could do like visual recognition with the camera and it, you just scan the table and it automatically counts the cards. I are either of you guys surprised that they seem to be taking a, a, a permissive attitude out of the gate. I mean, that's what really surprised me. I think it's yeah, bad information. 
I'd say it's bad information that they're saying this. Whoever whoever's saying it didn't talk to the lawyers. Yeah. I mean, it's very possible this is one of those things that as it's actually deployed, they're like, whoa, <laughs> wait a yeah. minute. Um, and so it, until it's until it's real and on the ground, it may it may not uh, it may not be out there. I mean, I don't know. I think personally, I have thought about Google Glass a lot and there I'm sure that there will be other products like it from other companies. And there is something that really creeps me out about the idea of every conversation you have with someone being recorded uh, for posterity. It just I don't know. I it makes me uncomfortable. And I don't know if that's me being. Uh, being a fuddy-duddy or whether it's something that is actually really creepy. I doubt that the people who at MGM and Caesars, whomever they spoke to about this, fully understand the the technology and the impetus behind it. You know, MGM thinks a park is groundbreaking. So <laughs> it's like the most, hey, an open space on Earth. Woo, we changed the world. <laughs> you know, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't put too much credence into whatever their the response was to – that. I have a feeling we'll hear more about Google Glass as it becomes a real product and makes its way into the world. Um, one of my friends has one. Oh yeah, I will. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, he, uh, he, his girlfriend was wearing an Instagram to pick, which I retweeted because <laughs> I figured a few of you might think was interesting. But uh, next time I see him and he comes over, uh, Hunter, I'll give you a call. Yeah, you know, I haven't I haven't seen one myself yet. I, I know people that have played with it, but I personally have not. So I don't have any firsthand experience. Um, all right, last topic, real quick. Something you posted on Vegas Tripping, talking about MGM and Facebook. Um, Facebook posted uh, a video talking about how they can help companies market, and they use MGM as a case study. So yeah. why don't you talk real quickly about what you wrote and why you posted the entry? Uh, basically, uh, a reader of ours tipped us to this uh, case study wherein MGM discusses how uh, Facebook marketing uh, helps their uh, bottom line. And it goes into a bunch of little bits and pieces about like when you like their page, it drives traffic to this, and then it, they target ads for you based on that and this. And the, for, the part that I found kind of interesting is that uh, Facebook grants uh, MGM access to their to the contact database of people who I could be wrong, but people who like your pages or properties or whatever it is. And it runs a script through a third party, privacy safe, third party to extract some information, which you then sort of bump up against your own database and then can connect, oh, well, this person likes us on Facebook. And then they possibly will throw those flags and send the offers that they you were interested in on Facebook to you via your MLife channel as well. So it's connecting your virtual life and your virtual activity in the walled garden of social media with their own marketing so they can see who you are and have a little bit more information about uh, your activities, what you like and what you don't like. It's it's the uh, the uh, the propeller head thing on uh, social media steroids. Right. So, I mean, you know, of course, there there are wide-ranging um, opinions as far as how much you should trust Facebook with your personal information. Some people don't trust the company at all. Others don't seem to have a problem with sharing that kind of information. But it is, it is interesting to see these two entities that, you know, know a lot about you in different ways 
um, being connecting those dots together and uh, potentially using the stuff to market to people in new ways. I mean, I think this sort of thing is inevitable, but it is interesting nonetheless to sort of get a peek into how they're doing it today. I don't know. What, what do you guys think? I mean, I know, Chuck, you're not a Facebook person, really. Um, no. Uh, does this kind of thing creep you out? Do you think it's bad, inherently bad? Oh, absolutely. It creeps me out. Facebook creeps me out. Yeah. Just the fact that somebody tracks all of everything that you do and what you like and what you don't like and who your friends are and where you've been and where you're going in such a concrete, organized data way. No thanks, man. I, I really just don't want to participate in that kind of nonsense. So it's good, I guess. It's good for them. It's kind of weird, though, because not all that it doesn't seem like that long ago, but it was, that we were seeing, you know, companies, we were doing the, the, uh, the uh, the encore opening thing and no casinos. There's maybe one that had a a Twitter account, right? You know, there was none of this stuff way back. And it's amazing how this huge, massive industry, both on the uh, casino marketing side and as well as, of course, the giganticness of Facebook, have roiled around uh, your casino dollar to try and extract more value out of you, right? Uh, Dave, what, what's your take on this? I mean, how do you? And I don't really. I guess, Dave, I'm not really sure where you stand on this kind of privacy stuff in general. Whether or not you think it's fine and or creepy or somewhere in between. Dave is so worried that Facebook's going to find out. Yeah, what he I know thinks he doesn't have a comment. He's still mulling over the D. He has vanished. So either Dave is we lost him. unintentionally muted or is vanished. Unintentionally, unintentionally muted. There muted. we go. Oops, yeah. I can't even talk now. It's a good thing I was <laughs> muted. You, you have right. been muted. <laughs> he muted himself. Your, your mute was moot. All right, go ahead. Yeah, it it really creeps me out. I'm I'm not a fan of people extracting all that data about you you know sometimes it's just you just want to buy something or say something and not have it tracked and not have people try to a narrow cast advertising at you because it's almost always wrong so it's it's kind of funny how it seems like it is a real i don't want to say invasion of your privacy but it's kind of taken advantage and for me it's not really giving me anything that effective because everything that facebook Every post that Facebook promotes is something I would never think of doing. So they don't really have it down for it. They don't know me very well. In a a way, I guess I would say that I'd rather have a world where my advertising was stuff I was interested in. But, you know, I I guess in many ways it also just comes down to trust and the entities that have this information. Because, you know, I think I, I definitely see a lot of potential for abuse. And uh, you really have to have a lot of trust, I think, to um, to not ever worry about any of this stuff. This is the high price of free software. Well, sure. Right. Mm. Basically, this is this is how all of the stuff that you don't pay for the services of connecting with your, you know, of hooking up with your ex girlfriend from 1937 and stuff and all that other jazz that people do on Facebook. You know, this is the this is what pays for that. Right. So. No, it's very true. Um, all right. Well, I don't want to get too far afield into privacy land um, because I know a lot a lot of folks uh, do not care about this stuff and think it's really way, way overblown. But I do think it's interesting to uh, to see how these worlds are starting to collide. I mean, I've always thought of casino industry as pretty technologically not backwards, but really slow to adopt anything new. Um, but 
if there's any part of the casino organization that's going to be on this kind of train, it's the marketing folks because they're pretty good at making money. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, that is it for today. We're going to do our Sure Bets segment. This is our opportunity to recommend something to you guys, the listeners. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be related to casinos, but it certainly can be. Uh, so we will go around our table and um, let each one of us uh, fill you guys in on something awesome. Um, Dave, we'll start with you if you've got something. I do, and actually, for once, it is casino-related. Uh, last two Sundays ago, I took the family and had lunch at Wild Burger, which is inside the Wildfire Casinos around Las Vegas. I went to the one with the bowling alley on Sunset, and that is a real good burger. It's about $8, and I got the signature Wild Burger, which has coleslaw on it, which is actually really delicious. And it just struck me like, man, this is a really good burger, and you'd probably pay twice this much on the strip. So really cool if you don't mind walking through the Wildfire Casino and hanging out with the people playing slots for a couple seconds. I I love it. I was very happy there, and I'll probably be back. So Wild Burger at the Wildfire Casino's all over Las Vegas is my sure bet. Is it uh, in your slideshow of the top eight burger places in Las Vegas? <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> I haven't done that yet. But I think I'm I think I might put one together. But yeah, it's just really cool because it's exactly because it's not so hyped. But it's a yeah, huge burger. It's a half pound and I didn't even eat dinner that night. Wow. Just eating right. a burger and some onion strings, and uh, so yeah, it's a it's a big burger. So you could probably feed two people off of one of them if you if you had to. Excellent. Thanks for the tip. Yeah. Uh, Chuck, what about you? I do. I have two. Oh, okay, sure great. Bets. Cool. Yes, and uh, the first one is a very short follow up to a previous, uh, and uh, I was delighted when I went looking for alcohol the other day to find that. Bud Light has introduced a variation on my beloved <laughs> Limerita, Limerita, which I which I discovered at Bellagio of all godforsaken places. Uh, it's called the Strawberita, and it's a it's basically malt liquor, eight uh, percent margarita sort of thing with uh, a twist of uh, of strawberry in there, and it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good, you know. If you like margaritas like I do and enjoy like lime and, and lemony kind of drinks like I do and you like to just grab something to drink while you're on the way like I do, I tell you, the strawberita is up there with the limerita is pretty awesome. And uh, I, I got an endorsement of this via Instagram. Uh, one of our uh, listeners, Michael, uh, posted a, a photo of him and it said, Chuck, you mentioned this on on the Vegas gang and I'm giving it a thumbs up. So that was that was nice to hear, too. Now, my second one is also a follow up. Uh, David posted David mentioned, I think, one of the first ones that he loved is Sinooks. And I oh, went, yeah. got, my wife went and got a pair of Sinooks for me. And I love that, too. And I think I put that in as my pick. So my wife went and got me a pair of Crocs. Now, judge me all you want. These things are kind of great. They're, they're, they're plastic. They've got holes in them, and they're green. And there's a, little, there's a little sticker of a bug, and I wear them when I garden. And, you know, for, for if you just – I'm always at home for the most part. 
So you just want to put some shoes on while you go run outside to get something. The Crocs are really kind of great. You're not going to wear these in public. I guess you could. I do. But I'm, I have no taste. So it's, it's, it's understandable for a, for a slowly aging, uh, uh, tasteless man like me. But, but I kind of like these Crocs. They're green. Uh, they're nice. And, and, and judge me. I'll take it. I can handle the judgment because I'm a snob. So, Hunter? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, good. I will judge you, dirty hippie. Um, (laughs) But, uh, you know, at least they're not Denver-made Birkenstocks. So I guess you're off off the hook there. They're they're fully recyclable. (laughs) Um, Excellent. Thank you for sharing. Uh, I am going to continue my uh, unbroken streak and recommend an app for the iPhone. Um, with so in the past, I've recommended uh, with all of the money you've made on your Apple stock since I first recommended it, you now have <laughs> negative five hundred dollars. Um, and so, since you don't have any money, if you took that recommendation, um, you can at least afford this ninety-nine cent app. So this is the the app's called To Do Movies, and it's pretty much just what you would think. As I have gotten older, I have realized that I never get to the movies anymore. Um, but I constantly see uh, trailers for movies I want to see or something. I'll see something pop up on iTunes that I want to get and I don't have time at the moment. So this is just literally an app to help you keep track of movies that you want to see. Um, and it's got you know cool integration with all these services that you might expect like Netflix and be easily watch trailers and release dates and stuff. So if you're like me and constantly would love to see more movies but never seem to get around to it, um, this is a good way to keep track of stuff without – uh, forever forgetting that you haven't seen the um, Iron Man 16 and that it's coming soon <laughs> to a theater near you. So the app is called To Do Movies. It's actually really well put together. Um, kind of a stupid name, but uh, a really nicely done app. So I would, if you're into that kind of thing, I would recommend checking it out. I'll put a link in the notes of show. Um, all right. That is it for today. Please, please go to iTunes and rate the show. Um, you can leave a comment if you choose, but, uh, you know, feel free to give a rating. Also, do not forget that, uh, you can go to the VegasGangPodcast.com website and leave comments there about the show. We got some great follow-up to the last episode. We really appreciate it. Even if you want to call us names, we will, uh, we will let you do that. Um, and don't forget to go to our Facebook group. Uh, <laughs> Sure. <laughs> We don't have a Facebook group, but no, we there, don't. Are, there are some good ones out there if you're if that's your thing. Um, or f- follow us on Twitter. Yeah, you could follow oh, yeah. us on Twitter. Uh, I always, I will I'll put our you know I should probably just do this every episode. Put our Twitter handles in the uh, in the show notes. But you can follow Chuck is uh, at Chuck Monster. Um, Doctor Dave is at UNLV Gaming, and uh, Hunter is at Hunter. So um, that's a good way to find us if you want to follow us on Twitter. Of course, you can also follow the uh, at Vegas Tripping account if you want um, news uh, news headlines. And at Vegas Gang. Yes, there is the mm-hmm. at Vegas Gang uh, account as well. Don't tweet a lot. Mostly retweeting interesting stuff that we see out in the world. You know what's interesting about the at Vegas Gang account? Is that it follows you, Dave, and not me. Uh, <laughs> we will have to fix that. <laughs> uh, I apologize. That is my fault. And I uh, I thought you were trying to tell me something. You know, it's funny. (laughs) A little backstory on that account. Not that it's not that great of a story, but I set up that account the day of the first podcast of Palooza. I thought we should have a Twitter account. And back in those days when you set up an account in the Twitter app, 
and it, maybe it still does this. Um, it gave you a whole bunch of suggested followers, uh, yeah. people to follow. So that account, I never went through and deleted them all. So that account follows like Newt Gingrich and like all kinds <laughs> of random people. But I, 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 I mean, I, ne- I never read it, but it's got a, a bunch of weird people that wherever Twitter was suggesting at that moment in time. I thought, I thought that was a joke. I thought you picked those for comedic <laughs> reasons. Uh, I wish I was that. I wish I was that sly, but no, I, I did not. Um. All right, that's it for today. Thanks to everybody for being here. Um, do not forget the Vegas Internet Mafia family picnic coming up in o- picnic coming up in October uh, at the D, the D Las Vegas. Very excited to be downtown on Fremont Street. Um, VegasInternetMafia.com. Let's go around the table so you can tell people where they can find you. Dr. Dave, where can people find you? RollTheBonesBook.com. Excellent. Definitely go pick up a copy. And uh, Chuck Monster, where can people find you? People can find me at daveshouseofcheese.net and accessvegastripping.com and vegasinternetmafia.com. The uh, daveshouseofcheese.com was not available? Dot, yeah, <laughs> dot com was taken. Uh, yeah. What about the dot biz? <laughs> Thought about it. <laughs> uh, those of you that are interested can find my app on the iTunes App Store. Search for Vegas Mate. Um, thank you, guys. Have a great weekend. Mm-hmm.